Welcome to Season 2 of the Own Your Creativity Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm very excited about the upcoming memoir writing retreat that I'll be co-leading with my good friend and prolific writer, Sherry Murs. Our online retreat, Rapid Plan Your Memoir, happens August 21 to 23, and we can't wait to help you shine your light through your memoir. During our fun and interactive weekend together, Sherry and I want to empower you with the tools to successfully write your memoir. We know that it's hard to focus, to get organized, to know what to put in where and what to leave out and how to find the time to get your memoir written. We've got you covered on this and a whole lot more. To get the details and to register, go to bit.ly forward slash rapid memoir. We're looking forward to meeting you on October 21st. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Own Your Creativity podcast. I'm really excited today to be talking to Connie Whitman. And uh, today we're going to be talking about sales and sales in particular uh, for writers. Um, But before we dive into that, I'll just tell you a little bit about Connie. So she is known for her high energy, passionate and enthusiastic approach to teaching and coaching. And you're going to get a wonderful taste of that today. She's just like... (laughs) so energetic and and um it's it's infectious really you know when when you're in her company um so connie helps ambitious business owners leaders and sales teams build powerhouse organizations to achieve widely outrageous goals as an international speaker podcast host and influencer connie's inspired teaching and transformational tools and content ensures business owners and salespeople grow their revenue streams through enhanced internal and external communication skills while developing strong relationship-based cultures. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more um, about different elements uh, of that as well. But um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Connie, right at the beginning is, you know, having spoken to you before, um, I know that you're really passionate about sales. And I'd love it if you would tell us why because for many of 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 us especially creatives i think um sales is a four-letter word and it's not something that we're really comfortable about but you just live and breathe and and it's so infectious you know the way that you approach it so i'd love to to hear like how is it that you came to to embrace sales uh the way that you do it's a great question i'm really i'm so excited to be here um elizabeth so thank you for having me on and i really really hope that everybody listening that you learn that sales is so easy. It's think about it as just having a really nice conversation as if you're speaking with someone who's a friend or a family member that you wanna connect with on a really, really deep level. And the other thing for me, I I think, um, you know, I'm Italian, obviously you'll see, because I use my hands a lot. Um, But, you know, I was raised in a family, a huge family, obviously, and and just filled with love and and loud and, and, you know, happy times and all of this. And when I, when I started in my 20s in sales, um, it was financial sales. I, I had gotten my MBA and got my licenses and all of that. And I would literally go to people's homes, sit at their kitchen table and talk about their finances. And I was astounded how many people had no idea how to manage their money, how to protect their assets and how to protect their family. God forbid something should happen to them. So I loved that aspect because, again, Italian, sitting at someone's kitchen table and being able to help them navigate financial information. And I, I, and this is the other thing. I have, I have a book coming out, which I know we'll talk about later. But my first chapter, like I think my first sentence is, if you're not selling from love, 
you're doing it wrong. And that's, that's why I think people think sales is that four letter word and it's icky. You're salesy, you're pitchy. If that's what you're doing, I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. Think of sitting at a kitchen table, talking to someone about your book and why you wrote the book. And, you know, when we talk about something that's ours, that we love, that we've created, and you talk from that place of passion and enthusiasm, people feel it and it's authentic. And you're, you're, you're speaking to them of, this is how my book can help you. People buy into that and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more, tell me more. And they lean into you. It's a conversation to me. That's really what sales is. Wow. That's amazing. I, you know, it really, it's, it's a transformation in, in my, you know, thinking about sales. Like, I think I always knew what you just said, but it's been a long road for me to get comfortable with it. Absolutely. And, uh, but then I spoke to you, um, you know, before, and I thought, you know, why am I, you know, all worried about it? It's like you say, it's a conversation. It's about relationships. And then you can just lean back and relax into it. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say one more thing too. Let's say, Elizabeth, you're talking to me. I want to write a book, right? I know that's, that's kind of the, where you come from that coaching and mm -hmm. I, and my confidence isn't there yet. And I say to you, I know I want to do it. I, I just can't do it yet for whatever reason, whatever is going on in my personal life. It's important. This is another thing to everyone listening. You have to follow up. So now if Elizabeth, not to be pushy or obnoxious. So my follow-up, I call it CPR follow-up, consistent, persistent, the big word, respectful. So you're never a pest. You never become, oh, it's her again. I'm not picking up the phone or I'm not responding to this email. So if you followed up with me, let's say quarterly, which, which I think is kind of the sweet spot with follow-up, nine months from now, I might have whatever that issue was, might, might could be my own limiting belief. And all of a sudden I've worked on it and I think I'm going to write that book. And you happen to send me that email. I'm responding. Oh, your email is timely. I'm ready to do it now. So just because I said no nine months ago doesn't mean that I'm going to say no three months, six months, tomorrow. So follow-up is another real important part of keeping that, building that connection and then staying connected from that place of love is I'm reaching out. How are you feeling? Are you ready to move forward? I want to help you. Um, coming from that place of helping and serving, I think is another piece of the puzzle. So I just wanted yeah. to mention that as well. Yeah, that, that's a great tip as well um, to be in regular contact because um, from my mailing list, I've noticed that some people will be on my list for, you know, nine months, uh, a year, two years until they're finally ready to work mm -hmm. with me. And and I, I actually never expected that that um, would take a long time, you know, as, as long as it did. Um, I'm grateful that it, you know, it does happen, you know, but it's it's surprising, you know, how, how everybody works at a different pace you know and that everybody's not ready at the same time like when you send out your your you know your email or whatever it, it takes a while because you know people are living their lives and other things are going on so that yeah. consistency I think is really important yeah and it's about prioritization and just you know some fun statistics I think it's 48 percent of sales of people actually saying oh I'm going to buy it now 48 percent happen on the fifth to twelfth contact it doesn't wow. happen. I think it's like 2% happen on the first contact. So wow. if you, if you, if you get that, that objection of, oh, I'm not ready yet. And you take it to heart and it crushes you, you're never going to get to that fifth to 12th, which is where most of the sales happen. And wow. the other statistic is 80% of people, I don't care what you're selling, what your product or service is, 
80% don't get to the fifth to 12th time. So you're working in that 20% limited window. And then we get frustrated when we're not making the sales. It's a numbers game. So you that persistent, you know, that consistent, persistent, respectful follow-up, yeah. it matters. It really, really matters. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. So when you work with corporations, you look at the end result and work backwards for, and so first, why is that? Why do you approach it that way? And second, how can that approach help writers who want to sell more books? That's a great question. So, you know, I've been in business for 20 years and I've been in financial sales for 38 years. So that's the sales background is it's, it's, like part of my DNA, I think now, I just <laughs> always think of business and how to help people grow their business. And to me, it's just how my brain works. So when I sit with a, a corporate client, I'll say first thing, and I have a, this is another thing I do want to share. The better prepared we are for that conversation, the easier the conversation becomes. So 20 years ago, meeting, you know, starting my business, I started to build what questions do I need to ask during that exploration? Like, what do, what do you want, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Organization? And what I found after about a year of playing with different questions, there were eight key questions I asked during that hour, hour and a half, you know, interview or, or consultation. And so what I did is I just created an agenda and now I just duplicate that agenda. I didn't have to reinvent the question. So that's another thing create your questions that you know are going to work and then just use them over and over and over again. And the conversation will flow properly. So one of the first questions I ask my corporate clients is forget about everything you've done for, forget about everything you have. Talk to me at the end of whatever we're going to build, right? Cause we don't know what that is yet. What is the end result you're looking for? Where are you now? Skill level products, whatever it is, that gap, I'm the bridge, right? I'm able to gap that bridge. So, so does that make sense first? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you almost have to start with the end in mind to know where to start now and what those steps look like. And for me, understanding the end result and where they are, that gap, I could create a logical progression of whatever it is that the, the client potentially needs, right? So it's an yeah. I do that with every client, um, even if I'm coaching someone, you know, what is the end result you're looking for you, your team, and then where are they? And now let's build those pieces so we can build the skill. So it's right. the same thing for your authors. Think for a second, what is the end result? What do I want people to get from my book, right? From my information. And then take a step back and say, okay, the book is here. I know what people need. And then you have to create that logical conversation through emails, publications, networking, whatever it is. Clearly note where your um, ideal client, the ideal reader in your case, who are they? What, what's their, um, I hate the word pain point because I, I don't like negative words, but what's, what's their, what are they glitching out? What, how is your, your book going to serve them and have them come through and you know, have the aha moments of, oh, this is what I've been needing. This is what I've been wanting. So if you understand that with clarity, you will communicate the logical steps of why in this case they should purchase your book. Okay. Does that makes sense? Yes. Yes, definitely. And you also say sales is a relationship-based process with communication figuring into that in a really big way. Could you elaborate more on the connection between communication, relationship, and sales? Think about, have you ever met someone, Elizabeth, where you meet them and you think, oh, I've known you my whole life. Yeah. And there's just that 
easy conversation. You almost feel like you picked up where you left off. And then you have conversations with people and you think, oh, I feel awkward. They're awkward. I don't know what I'm saying. Is And then, you're, then we start stuttering and it becomes a really disconnected conversation. Everybody, and we'll talk about this later as well, but it, it, the, for me, communication and building the relationship, I have to understand my wiring. How, because you're, you're born with a certain, certain, I call it a communication behavioral model or behavior way of we, how we communicate, really how we see the world. So you have a filter, I have a filter. We're born with that innate way of thinking. So I am, you made me laugh before you say her, her energy is contagious. I have a very big energy field and I am highly aware of it. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I have to try to reel it in because it could be very overwhelming to certain styles, behavioral right. styles. Mm -hmm. So if I understand how I'm wired and I understand, and we'll talk later about the different styles, but yeah. I can identify Elizabeth's style is this. Yeah. I can easily and naturally shift to give Elizabeth what she needs for us to have a comfortable conversation. So it's never, they're awkward. I feel awkward. Uh, 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 right. That, um, huh. That goes away because I understand Elizabeth and her behavioral style and I could shift into that very easily. Now I want you to understand something, Elizabeth, um, what I'm going to share uh, later. It's easy to understand how you're wired and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Learning to shift and modify to give the other person what they need to, for them to literally sit there and think, she gets me. Holy smokes, this chick's <laughs> awesome. How do we get to that? It takes practice. And, you know, right. like anything else, it's a skill that we have to hone, perfect. And when you get good out of it, good, good at that particular understanding and modifying, all of a sudden, every conversation is one of harmony and ease versus that, oh, what do I say next? You, you see? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. So is, is it sort of like developing your emotional intelligence? That's a piece of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Different styles have natural emotional intelligence. Some styles, their emotional intelligence is uh, lacking. So mm -hmm. you, you have to really work to realize that you don't have empathetic skills or that you're the type that it's like, oh my God, stop complaining, move on and get it done. And if, if I'm the type of person where I need a little nurturing and a little love and I need a conjoling and you did a great job and all of that, and you're whoever your partner or manager, whatever the situation is in your life, and they're like, just go do it. You need to you know, go to the bathroom, kind of regroup. You're crying a little bit, kind of my, you know, head mend my heart and then go back and do what you need to do, but you're not going to be effective because you're yeah. crushed by that other person. So yeah. if you understand that's eh, their problem, it's like a duck off, you know, the duck, yeah. the water off the duck's back, right. saying, whatever, that's him or her. That's not my problem. But, but that takes time to build those skills and not, you know, take it um, internally. So there's, yeah. you know, it's a whole, there's a whole science behind it, but at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about practicing it. Okay. Worth so practicing. Is that, is that what you talk about in part in your new book? Yes. Easy sales process. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that and your new book and you, you have, you break things down in, in seven steps. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about, about that and, and how communication style comes into that. So um, again, 20 years ago, when I started my business, you have to 
doing something and doing it well, and then teaching something and getting people to do it well, two very different things, right? Yeah. So I really sat down when I started my business and I thought, why have I been successful? What's worked for me? And I came up with these seven steps as I broke down the com compartments or pieces of how I approached the client and what I did with the client, it came out to seven steps. So the first one, I mentioned it before, is being prepared. So like my agenda, those eight questions. I have a new client. There's no stress for me. I put their name at the top, the date on the agenda. I print it out. I put it in my folder with my marketing material and I'm off to the races. I, I don't need to rethink or worry about anything. I do research on the client, but I don't have to think about where do I start? What do I say? What's that process look like? So organization or preparing is step one. Yeah. Step two is building the rapport. And that's that human connection. And that was what I was talking about before with the behavioral model. So I have a, re a free resource and I know you're going to share that at the end. Um, it's a communication style assessment. So I have a second business with a partner and we have both been um, experts in communication um, for over 30 years. And she was, a lot of people have heard of Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. She was certified in Myers-Briggs. I'm certified in DISC. They, and they're great. They're beautiful, brilliant models. Go check them out. They're, they're brilliant. They've been around for hundreds of years. The issue though with them, two issues. Number one, you can lie on the tests or the assessment to answer the way you want to be. And that's not, that's not helping anybody. So that's number one. Number two, you're in DISC, for example, I'm considered an ID. Well, if you don't know what DISC is, you're thinking, what's an ID? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so that was the second problem with Myers-Briggs. You're in EINJ. What does that mean? It means nothing to me. So when we created our model, we, we feel humans fall into five key categories. And so, and I'll give you an example. Um, you could be a heartfelt advocate. I'll, my, my style is I'm a stimulating motivator. Now, mm -hmm. not knowing anything about it, Elizabeth, am I a stimulating motivator? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you see how the, the phraseology we chose, number one, is positive, mm -hmm. but without knowing anything else about the model, three years later, if, you, if I came to you and I said, do you remember what I was? And you say, I don't remember. Stimulating, stimulating motivator. motivator. Yeah, You'd for like, sure. Yes, yes, that's you, high energy. Yeah. The yeah. innovative organizer is my second highest. They, yeah. they fight a little bit. Yeah. The innovative organizer is that CEO mentality. Yeah. We got to get it done. We got to get it done now. Let's not waste time and money. So my stimulating, well, I, go ahead. Sorry, I, but I found that 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 part of you came out when when we were talking before and you said, okay, let's, you know, book this and take the agendas out. And you were just like, get it done right away. You know, other people say like, oh, I'll check my agenda and get back to you. It's like, no, it was like all done and dusted, like within like, you know, it was amazing. <laughs> That's my innovative organizer. Yeah. You know, the stimulating motivator is I've got you. We can do this. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to rah rah behind you. Right. And then it's like, okay, now we got to do the work. Right. Yeah. So that's the innovative organizer. So, yeah. but, but think, and, and I could tell you, you're a heartfelt advocate. You mm -hmm. live with your heart. Um, when you write, you write with your heart. That's an important, that's a, we need heartfelt advocates in the world. Ironically, even though I sell from a place of love, because that's how I was raised and, and I want everyone to succeed, that's my stimulating motivator. Mm -hmm. My heartfelt advocate is on the lower side. Mm -hmm. so we're a blend of everything. Um, mm -hmm. but, and, and it's funny because in my life, 
I need people like you because I crave what I, what heartfelt advocates, a blind spot for me, mm-hmm. that natural empathy, that natural, let me help you with that. I'm thinking hire someone. See, yeah. that's the, <laughs> see the difference. Right. Right. So yeah. Once you understand what your strengths, I call them superpowers are, but you have to know, understand what your blind spots are because yeah. you need to surround yourself with people who can point out your blind spots to you and then buffer them so that you, you don't waste time, money, effort, and, and look silly in front of people because we always want to shine our brightest. Yeah. So, yeah. I just named three of them, but the free, it's a free assessment. Everybody gets that little report of what is your superpower? What is your blind spot? It gives you a little bit of insight. Um, and they can always call me if they want me to dice. I tell them I'm going to put you in my Petri dish and we <laughs> could dissect and talk about, well, how to leverage those strengths and how yeah. to manage those blind spots. So that was step two. Um, did I explain that? Well, yeah, enough? yeah, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, but uh, going back to your book, um, like uh, for a writer who wants to make uh, the sales process easier and get more comfortable with it, what can they learn from your book? Like, why do they need to get your book so that they can... So I believe, and that's a great question. See, I believe in simple, stupid. There's, I am intelligent. I am not a stupid person, but when we create processes that are very complex and have a lot of moving parts, we do the one step and think, oh, it's too hard. Can't do it. So mine, I think the book is going to be 80 or 85 pages total. So it's simple, stupid. It goes through the seven steps. I share ridiculously funny stories. Um, so you understand the content. And at the end, I give you little exercises for you to create your template with your, you know, your ideal client of who your audience is for the book or whatever you're creating. If you're, if you're doing networking, you create a value statement. So when you get to that networking event, you're not talking in circles, 30 seconds, you got it. You know what you want to say. The other person says, how fast can I get this book? Right. So we go through those uh, seven steps. It's easy. It's simple. And you can write in it. I have the exercises there. My website has free resources to use and look at, look at. Um, It just, it's, it's a wealth of information in 80 pages. That's awesome. And you're, when is that going to be out? It's uh, launching July, July 16th. Okay. And you're going to be having a masterclass with it too, I think. I am. So I'm really excited because here's the thing for me, um, the book, I just, I want people to understand how easy sales is and I want everybody to make a million dollars, right? Because the more money we make, the more we can do good in the world, right? And if we can all create that abundance, we can, we can really change the world. So the book will be offered for a dollar on July 16th. So I'm super, yes, I am super excited about that. Um, because I want people really to, I don't want money to be an issue of why you don't want to buy it. So buck, go and buy it from there. If people think, oh, this is, I need this, but I need more help. Then I'm creating a masterclass because my corporate clients pay me right to come in and train a whole bunch of people at the same time. But if you're a single person, that's very expensive. And the return on the investment, it takes you a longer time to create it. So the masterclass is going to be in tandem with the book so that anybody who needs a little more handholding, it's a much cheaper way to get me and get my knowledge 
um, through the masterclass. And the masterclass is going to be nine weeks long. So we, okay. we read the chapter. I do a video. You get a homework assignment, and then you get an hour coaching call with me that we kind of dig into the nooks and crannies and get you really rocking and rolling with whatever you're trying to create from the sales perspective. Awesome. awesome. All right. Um, so uh, Sherry and Rosanna, do you have any questions or comments that you would like to ask? Um, yes, I was Sherry. interested yeah. when you said... Um, Where's my note? <laughs> I love note takers. Uh, you said there's a, a science behind uh, behind it. And I was uh, just wondering, is that NLP or is there a name of the science? It's I'm, based I'm always on wanting to dig further. Yeah, it's, it's not based on NLP. It's really more based on Carl Jung's, um, the, more of the psychological component of how we're, it, we're born with a certain style. You are who you are. What'll happen as we age we learn learned behavior and we gain experience. Obviously, we start to control the superpower and leverage it, but we also start to control those blind spots to minimize them. So you're, the way you're born, you will die the same style. It, the, the intensity of your styles might shift a little bit but you are who you are. We're wired how we're wired. So I will never become a heartfelt advocate. Do I work on that? Do I, do people think when people meet me, they go, oh, you're definitely a heartfelt advocate. I'm not. I just know how to manage that blind spot because, you know, I study this and, and implement for a living because I want to connect with everybody from a that sales perspective, right? Awesome. <laughs> Did I answer your question? Hope. Okay. Yeah. There's hope for all of us. <laughs> Uh, Rosanna, do you have a question? You need to unmute yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you can hear me. Yeah. 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 I'd like to know something about selling by Amazon. Um, I, I don't understand your question. What do you mean selling by selling Amazon? Selling a, a book using Amazon. You know that uh, in Amazon, there is uh, the chance to publish videos, uh, to, you know, to make uh, your book known, etc. Yes. Yes. So when my book, I am self-publishing, but I did not just do it through Amazon. I hired a team and it was not ridiculously expensive, but mine is going to show up. It's through Ingram Sparks. It's still self-publishing, um, but it's on multiple medium medias. Um, they get it out to different publications. It will be on Amazon, but it'll be available at Barnes and Noble and all of the other platforms as well. So it gives you a little bit more of a reach. So here's my recommendation. If you're writing a book for the first time, I highly recommend you get that team together that will get you the ISBN number, the Library of Congress. There's a whole bunch of things. You have to pay to get the ISBN number and all of that stuff. Um, but they do it for you and they do it correctly and they format the book correctly because uh, Kindle and hard copy books and soft cover books, they're all formatted differently. So it, you try to save money by doing it yourself. And I've learned this the hard way, um, by the way, so Rosanna, but the, um, you hire that team for a fairly inexpensive amount. It gets done better. It gets out to more. And you're going to get more people buying from you, including on Amazon. Yeah. 
I, I use Ingram Spark. Um, actually, I use Lightning Source, which was like the precursor to Ingram Spark. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the advantage there is that it, you go out on multiple platforms and there's just a, a small um, fee every year to keep your, your book in the catalog. And um, yeah, so it's great. And you can, and then there, again, there's a little small fee for if you wanted to um, be also in um, Amazon Europe or Amazon UK yes. or whatever, you know? So um, yeah, I highly recommend checking, checking that out. Yeah. And do we have time? I just want to comment because that was, yeah. that was a really good question, Rosanna. We, we as book, you know, writing that book, right. We own that my business. I own that. We all own, you know, consulting companies, whatever it is you do for a living. And we think I could do it. I could do it. I'm going to save money. I can do it. At some point, I highly recommend everyone listening, really be, be careful because if you can hire someone to do what I just described to you, right? Like Elizabeth just said, maybe Elizabeth, that's you, that you do that. But if you can hire someone and the cost that you could be making business is greater, you're yeah. wasting your time doing the remedial thing to save money, you're losing money. So we have to really be clear on what the cost and the return on the investment is versus hiring someone and let me go out and do what I need to do. So with my business and my book, I hired a team, I hired a, a PR firm. And when I tell you the cost is negligible for what they do for you, and now I could go out and create my business, I've paid for that 10 times over and I haven't had to do a thing. They're doing it. I just meet the deadlines of get, send me your bio, send me your manuscript their formatting. I don't have to do any of that. Yeah. So just be mindful of that. Watch where you're spending your money and the cost associated versus you going out and creating the money, doing your business or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a question to follow up Sherry? on that, Connie. Mm -hmm. um, do, does that team um, also handle cover design or is that separate? Um, the publishing person that's helping me, she has a team of graphic artists that can do that. I had done a whole bunch of stuff uh, prior because I was creating this masterclass. So I hired someone. I used um, Upwork. The gentleman I used was Elid uh, Sesniak, I think was his name. Unbelievable, inexpensive, and he's just fabulous. And if, if you need to, I could send his name to Elizabeth. Um, he did my cover and it's funny because the person who's publishing it said, oh, send me your cover. And she said, generally when people have the covers done outside, they're really bad. Yeah. And she saw mine, right? You know, Elizabeth, yeah, yeah. and she saw mine and she says, okay, I need Ella's information because <laughs> this is fabulous. So I, I hired someone, but the person I'm using, I think she's going to actually end up using Ella as well because he's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, I would. I would love to also have the information for the, the team. <laughs> I'm happy. I can, Elizabeth, I could send it to Elizabeth or you, if you, yeah. Elizabeth, you share my email, yeah, happy we'll to connect that. you with them. Yeah. They're awesome. 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 Okay. Um, they're easy to deal with. They give you the timeline. They're responsive and I'm tech, not what I call tech, not technology is my biggest uh, hurdle. And so they ask me for certain things and they give you a piece of paper. It's a Google doc to fill in. Like I couldn't get into the Google doc. All of you would have been able to get into the Google doc. I couldn't get into the Google doc. I emailed her, Kathy Davis is her name. And I said, Kath, I'm, I'm so sorry. She said, 
let's zoom. She says, can you do tomorrow? Great. She got on with me immediately. So there's, they're just so responsive and lovely. And I, I think I've re- Sherry, just to let you know, I think I've revert, referred 10 people to them already. They're that good. Wow. Awesome. Right. All right. So, um, is there anything else that you would like to leave us with Connie before we sign off? I just want everybody, Elizabeth, you're going to post the link, right? Yeah, with I just the show. in the chat. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. So guys, take it. It's a free resource and you get those little reports. And then uh, can I share my email if somebody has a question? Yeah, sure. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. If you have a question um, either about the communication style assessment and the reports, or you have a question about the seven steps and, and how you could kind of dig in, you know, if you have a deficit in one of the steps, just email me at Connie at and it's WhitmanAsos.com. So it's W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com. And Connie is C-O-N-N-I-E. So Connie at WhitmanAsos.com. I just put it through the chat for them. Thank you. Yeah. And actually, I, I have one more question. Um, so back to the communication styles. Let's say, you know, you were at my kitchen table um, trying to sell me something and you realized that I was... Um, um, what am I, a heart, heartfelt advocate, heartfelt advocate. So what would you do differently or how would you approach the conversation? Because you knew that, that, that was my personality. That's a great question. And this is like my favorite thing to talk about because it's psychological, <laughs> right? And we're human. And I feel like humans, we don't, we don't connect anymore. And that's, we're, it's dangerous because we, we really are in this together. So if Elizabeth, if I had you at my, at my table or we were zooming and I was trying to get you to buy my book, whatever it is, okay. I would, I would have to connect with your heartstrings and talk about your relationships and talk openly about love and how my book can create ease in your life and connections that are so deep and so real and so authentic and how I can help you achieve that level of connectivity with other humans from the heart to heart, you're going to be like, how fast can we do this? The other thing I would do, because I move fast and I fire fast, I find when I'm with a heartfelt advocate, I'm much more lovey-dovey. Um, my own demeanor gets lovey-dovey. I get a little more goofy and, and I will slow, I will mirror your breathing. It's called mirroring, but yeah. I will slow my breathing. I will slow my pace of speaking. So I'm not firing it at you, but I'm really helping and helping digest it with you and process it. And the other big thing I would, which I do this with any client, but I will, I will really ask you a ton of questions because the better I can understand your heart, where you're coming from, what are your fears and how can I help with that and serve you? You're, you'll eat that up because you're going to be like, she gets me. She understands me. The funny thing is I, anybody that's in front of me, I don't care what your style is. I will modify to you. So you hear me, you can hear my message, but another, another trick, um, whether you're a heartful advocate or not, Elizabeth, when you're with a client or a potential client, they should be talking 60 to 70% of the time. Because if I'm not uncovering where you're coming from, I can never respond with the right response to get you to say, I need this and how quickly can we do it? So that's another thing. I would ask you a ton of questions. 
understand where you're coming from and then shift and deliver my message from your perspective. It takes practice to do it. It's, mm -hmm. it's easier to do than it sounds, but mm -hmm. you have to practice it and you have to understand the five styles to be able to shift and modify on the fly. Right. It's interesting that you said that, you know, the heartfelt advocate is interested in, in connection and relationships um, and anything that can, you know, help them do that better and more, it, you know, is likely to resonate with them. And, you know, during COVID, for me, one of the things that I think is just so terrible is that we aren't able to connect and have those relationships with each other because in-person relationships, in-person being with people, you know, in real in real time and you know the real world i think is really important and um and so it's interesting that that is part of that that personality style and it just seems to confirm that you know your styles are right on because that well, that is really important to me and i think the heartfelt advocates of the world and as as i just said that all of you are like oh yes i'm a heartfelt advocate and those of you that aren't are saying i'm definitely not a heartfelt advocate <laughs> But the heartfelt advocates yeah. had a very hard time with COVID because yeah. it was so abrupt and it, it literally cut us off. Yeah. yeah, we could Zoom. Everybody's not technical. Yeah. So all of a sudden we feel so isolated. Your heart, you, you need your heart. You need heartfelt advocates need to advocate. They need to help people. And that was taken away immediately. So you're, it was like our soul was getting crushed if you were yeah. a heartfelt advocate. So yes, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. And that's why um, in March, I thought, how can I help? Like, this is horrible. How can I help? And so I did a, a two challenges, you know, two creativity challenges to help us connect and get over, you know, deal with COVID. And, and, uh, and I've done challenges before, but like my response, you know, as soon as we, you know, in March, that, that's what was my, how I yeah. went, you know, yeah, so it's interesting. I got to help people, right? You went into, yeah. how can I help? Yeah. Heartfelt advocate. That's such yeah. a beautiful, heartfelt advocate. Yeah. See, now I'll just tell you, mine, my innovative organizer. Yeah. yeah. How can I take this time? How can I maximize it? Let me push out that book and masterclass. Let me dig in because yeah. I'm not training at my clients' locations. I have all this time. Dig in, baby. Get it done. Yeah. And I was working 10 or 12 hour days. See the difference? And you did. And you did. You like, got it done like a crazy person, right? So yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, great yeah. example. Yep. Awesome. All right. So um, I put in the link for um, the communication styles assessment. Um, I'm going to take that just for fun, even though I already know, you know, which, which one I am, but to, to the other ones, like you said, that would and be the intensity. Nice yeah, you'll the see intensity. the intensity of each of the styles and your lowest, how low is it? It could be yeah. anywhere from a positive 50 to a negative 50 score. Oh, okay. So how intense am I, but how low am I on the <laughs> flip can you go? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Awesome, all right. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for spending time with us and helping to uh, make us feel comfortable as creatives with sales. Um, and, um, and thanks to um, uh, both uh, Sherry and uh, Rosanna for joining us. And um, yeah, so I will, Wish you all a good day and um, thanks again. Thank you, Elizabeth. And I really do, I really do hope I helped everyone breathe. You've got this, really you've got this. So I hope I helped. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You'll find all the links mentioned in today's interview at bit.ly forward slash the OYC podcast. To find out more about Rapid Plan, the online memoir writing retreat, go to bit.ly forward slash rapid memoir.